welcome back to the Hi, welcome back to the Namaste podcast. This is Jen. Hi, everyone. This is Tisha. And we are so excited for today's episode. I'm going to let Tisha do the honors of introducing our guest, but then I'm going to connect and let you guys know sort of how our relationship came to be. And um, we've just been chatting for 20 minutes and we're ready to share the conversation with you all. So Tisha, can you introduce today's guest? Yes, absolutely. Our guest today is a very special guest. Her name is Rose Sheik. She is a yogini, mama, health and wellness coach, RYT certified 200 hours, energy medicine, yoga level one, Reiki teacher one and two, practitioner, creative and lover of all things local, Rose has taught yoga, supports recovery for yoga and action since 2017, and is also the owner and operator of Mama Stay Well. While while Rose has been passionate about supporting others on their path to optimal well-being for many years, becoming a mother ignited a deeper level of understanding of herself, a clear seeing of her inner workings and a sincere desire to support other mothers in loving and accepting themselves. Rose believes awareness is the starting point for all behavior change and acceptance is the key to healing, limiting beliefs and transcending towards the higher self. Prior to motherhood, Rose spent nearly a decade working for the In Shape program which was a cutting edge wellness program designed to improve the physical and mental health of persons living with severe and persistent mental illness. It was during this time that Rose developed an immense sense of purpose for being of service to others. Of course, the last 15 years in yoga has been a very powerful component of Rose's self-care, personal healing journey and growth. As a coach, and yoga teacher, Rose approaches health and well-being from the perspective of developing a strong relationship to self, having hyper self-awareness and unconditional love, all the key ingredients to vibrant living. Rose brings playfulness, empathy, compassion, all of those things and so much more to her teaching and a passion for guiding people to their ultimate and physical mental health. Need I say, Rose is a badass broad. I love her energy and I love everything that she does and all the good that she puts out into the world. And those of you who are in our audience, be ready for a tremendous treat and a gift in Rose Chic. Wow. Thanks for that introduction, Tisha. Um, And before we turn the mic over to Rose, I just wanted to say a couple of words. First of all, I knew this was going to be a powerhouse conversation and I know Rose's bio, but just listening to Tisha read it right there, I was like, wow, she's done a lot of amazing things and I just can't wait to share her energy. So Rose and I, we're actually coming up on our four year anniversary. I remember because I was pregnant with my son and he's about to be four in May. And what happened was at the time I was co-running a coaching program called Mastermind Mamas um, with another amazing coach, Jackie Garnett. And at that time we were bringing guest speakers on 
And we were just brainstorming who should we have as our next guest. And then Jackie was like, well, my friend Rose, and she started to describe Rose. And she said, you know what? You and her are actually very similar. I think you guys would be like best friends. Let's let's bring her on the show. And lo and behold, uh, Jackie spoke that into existence because Rose and I connected immediately. And we just, you know, we see eye to eye on a lot of things. She's one of those friends that'll just like coach it to you, give it to you straight. Um, we've had so many great soul sister conversations. We've met up in person. We've done retreats. We've done all the things. And I look forward to so much more of it. So we've been thinking about bringing Rose on for a long time. And finally today, our schedules align. So I'm going to turn the mic over to our dear friend, Rose. Hey, Rose. Welcome. Oh, hey. <laughs> Thank you both so much for, for having me here. It's an honor always to be in your presence, to be your friend, uh, your friend to be friends with both of you, but to be on your podcast is, yeah, it's taken a moment for us to come into alignment, but we always knew that we would. Absolutely. So, so happy to be here. Thank you. And, you know, Rose, um, we may have said this in her bio, but she's a mom of two, soon to be three. And that's part of the scheduling piece. As you guys know, you're co constantly hearing my kids in the background. So we're just those kind of people that are doing it amid all of the distractions and chaos of life. And so it sometimes takes us a minute to coordinate the schedule, but we're in it to win it. Um, so Rose, I'm going to turn it over to our first question. And your work and passion is to be of service is to be in service of others is both a mother and a coach. And of course, serving is something that our audience here at Namaste Teach can relate to. But how do you sustain yourself so that you can show up for others? Like we said, like you're a mom of soon to be three, there's a lot of moving parts. So how do you sustain yourself so that you can show up for others without burning out? And then what advice do you have for teachers who are on a similar path? That is an excellent question. And I'm gonna make no claim or not pretend at all that I do not and I have not burnt out because it happens, <laughs> right? And um, especially in motherhood, um, especially in the work that I was doing previously. And I think because I've experienced burnout on so many different occasions and levels, um, I have a hyper awareness to its signs and signals now that it's coming, that I'm starting to deplete, that I'm <laughs> fading out. So my, my first strategy with everything, I know we're going to talk about this more, is to just be aware. I think maybe what happens with caregivers and your line of work and most people in general in the society we live in is we get caught up in the productivity um, game. Got to be on, got to do, got to go, got to put everyone else first. Um, so it's really acknowledging how dangerous that is. That's a slippery slope to just keep going and grinding so for me, I always make sure that I slow down. <laughs> Gotta slow it way down. When I feel it, the tension building, I often feel it as tension. I might feel it as a building of irritability. Like I know when my kids are doing the cutest thing ever and it makes me wanna <laughs> like, 
crawl out of my skin that has nothing to do with them. It's I haven't met my own needs in the way that they need to be met. And Jen, this is something that you've written about and we've talked about a lot is our needs. I think a lot of people are going around with so many unmet needs that that's what leads to the burnout. So I make it a practice to check in with myself daily, even at the start of the day. What are my needs today? What needs weren't met yesterday? It's like first thing in the morning. I usually try and start with gratitude, actually, to get myself into a into an energy and a vibration that's higher to sit, just lift myself up that way. Take a couple breaths. What am I grateful for? What are my intentions today? What are my needs today? Um, what are my strategies for meeting them? Am I capturing everything in the question that you I asked me? You are. I, I think the unmet needs is really important. And I'm glad that you took a moment to presence that here. Because I think for a while, I didn't understand that in my own journey as a teacher and as a mother. And it's like, well, what's missing? Why am I burning out? I'm doing all the things. I'm being productive. I'm trying to be present. I'm this and that. But it comes down to it as we have needs as human beings. And just because we're servers, just because that is something that we're called to do, doesn't mean that our needs go on hold. So yeah, I absolutely think you capture it. I think awareness, as you said, is one of the key pieces. And then coming up with a practice, a ritual or a strategy to check in with yourself so that you can get those needs met proactively versus reactively. Yeah, absolutely. And as the day goes on, it's, it's continuing to check in. You know, it's when you're in the thick of it that it matters the most make it a practice to check in somewhere around noontime too. Like, how are you doing? Maybe a hand on my heart to close my eyes, feel into my energy. I feel into, you know, physically, physically what I need. Do I need water? Am I hungry? Cause sometimes we even forget, forget to attend to those most basic needs, right? <laughs> the ones Absolutely. biologically that we need to survive. Um, and then it's, it's the layers on top of that. Um, how, how am I, we're, how am I need to, how am I needing to be seen? How am I needing to be heard? We have these basic human needs that we all have, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where am I coming up in my sense of my need to belong and connect with others? Um, and then I'm always checking in at the end of the day too before going to bed it's kind of like beginning middle and end is a great strategy that helps me stay on top of it so that I don't fall so easily into burnout because I'm not neglecting myself until it's too late I think we fall into cycles of neglect and then you get so burnt out that you feel like there's no way out of this right but if you're consistent with it and you're just always trying to stay conscious of yourself and it's not selfish I think that's one thing that has to shift for people (laughs) it is absolutely the most unselfish thing that you can do to pay attention to yourself because if you're a caregiver if you're a true caregiver and you're a teacher and you're pouring all this outward for others the better you care for yourself the more available and truly the best authentic 
authentic self will show up for that that call to service absolutely yeah that's so true and um rose as you were talking i thought about how we have needs but we say what we need for ourselves but we don't often verbalize that to others and that's important too you know to tell other people hey i need a moment or i need a break or i just need some time alone you know letting the people that depend on us know that we have those needs too and sometimes when we verbalize that we let them know that they have needs too they you know we remind each other like we need moments so i'm so glad you brought that up the unmet needs is a huge piece and uh the lack of well-being that we have in our society today or that we feel and, and can go, I just say, uh -huh, I'm so ahead. glad, I'm so glad that you brought up the communication factor of it, right? Because it's not just you yourself all by yourself meeting your needs, because that can feel like impossible. If you feel like you're drowning, it, it feels like, how do I throw myself a life raft? Um, and it, it's by asking or telling the people closest to you. And I had to learn this through motherhood. Um, my husband was not a mind reader. <laughs> despite what I thought and no matter how many dirty looks I gave him and how, how much resentment was flaring out of me, he wasn't picking up on my cues that a little bit more space um, was necessary. And it's even, I think, such a value to start having that conversation with kids at a young age. My six and a half year old and I are having that conversation quite often lately especially with him having just been on school vacation this past week and me trying to meet his many, many needs and his brother's needs and the family needs. I've said, look, um, mommy has needs, you know, straight up and, and really laid them out for him so that he can start to observe that. Because when we observe it in ourselves, we're more empathetic and we'll be able to be more compassionate and see it in the in the interactions with others. I think that's another important piece of it too. If you're burnt out as a teacher, you might have a shorter fuse for your students who have needs, right? So by meeting your own, you open up this capacity to be so much more present and, and in a really um, understanding way, an empathetic way. So that was just my one little add on there. Beautiful, yeah, it, it all goes together so beautifully all those reminders that we have to keep at it uh, that's going to go into we're going to go into our next question uh, I want to know can you talk a little bit about your work as a coach and what is the nature of the work that you do and how do you use your personal experiences to help your clients awesome so a lot of my work now mama stay well is and my, most of my most recent clients are mothers because I can unequivocally relate to that. That's the season that I am in. And I think when we come back to meeting needs and striking the balance between self-care and family care, <laughs> um, I get that <laughs> 150 or more percent. So that's what I'm most in alignment right now is helping um, helping mothers to maintain their sense of self 
to maintain a sense of identity outside of motherhood or to find one if you've lost it. Um, and for coaching, no matter who I'm coaching, mother or not, it's always centered in developing awareness. As you said in my bio, um, I think that that's the starting place for any shift that we want to make, any transformation, any growth that we're after. We have to simply be aware of the mechanisms of the, of the thought process, of the emotional states underneath our, our current habit loops that we have. So a lot of the way that I hold space for people that I'm coaching, women that I'm coaching, is to help them just come into awareness by asking a lot of open-ended questions, offering a lot of reflections. And when we come back to those basic human needs, one of them is to be heard, right? So just holding the space of listening, but then reflecting that back so someone can hear themselves. Like we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day Unless we start paying attention to them, they're just running the show and they're like the same thoughts every day, 80 to 90% repetitive thoughts. We have to start hearing ourselves, what we're saying to ourselves, what we're saying out into the world. So I hold the space for um, women to hear that. So you can start changing the narrative. There's a lot of limiting beliefs. I bring in a full understanding of what my previous limiting beliefs have been. And I bring in a recovering perfectionist into the mix <laughs> in the hopes that I can help women see those aspects of themselves that they might not be fully tapped into. Not to shame those aspects, not to deny them, to utilize them, to to elevate to a higher, higher version, whatever they want. Thank you, Rose. That's really good. I think that, you know, changing the narrative, like you said, starts with awareness. And I know that's a huge tenet of the work you do and a huge tenet of change and transformation. And so that kind of brings me to our next question of, so, you know, one of your main philosophies as a teacher and a coach is to have that strong relationship with self, with self. And so like, how can our listeners cultivate this relationship? I know you talked about your work as a coach to mirror their thoughts back to them um, and to help them see, but if they were to try to do this work independently, I know one way we talked about was having those self check-ins, finding out what your needs are, meeting your needs, but what are some other ways that they can build their self-awareness skills and practice self-love and why is this so important to you in your work? I think one of the ways that was most profound for me to do this, and we did it a lot in yoga teacher training, was journaling. Getting your thoughts um, onto paper, just free writing what's inside and then rereading it to yourself can make you so much more conscious of your inner workings. So that's a method that I'll always um, utilize with clients and come back to myself quite often and come back to those journals that I wrote in years ago to see the progress 
right, of how, how, how much has shifted. Um, so definitely journaling. Uh, I like to work with um, breath work a lot and energy medicine. Uh, developing a meditation practice isn't always something that everybody gets excited about. There can be a little bit of hesitation or resistance to that because people have this idea that it has to be an hour long and they have to maybe levitate at the end of it or something, right? Um, but I think that that's part of the slowing down. That's the being with self. That's the going inward journey. So definitely meditation is something that I'm always trying to add to my coaching sessions and um, have people explore independently. Um, I think another big tool, and, and it's kind of along the same lines as the check-ins, but we pick something to become aware of in connection to. So I want, maybe my intention this week is to be aware of how sadness shows up, where it shows up in my body, and how do I react to sadness? What am I craving because of it? What am I leaning towards? Um, what behaviors stem from sadness? So an example might be, I feel sad. Ooh, all of a sudden I have a craving for a chocolate bar. That chocolate bar fills me with dopamine that helps me feel better for a short period of time. But then I still feel sad, right? So understanding that it continues the cycle and that there's a difference between reactivity and responsiveness. Responsiveness usually comes from a higher place of I've slowed down long enough to, to notice the sadness in my body, the way it's showing up, how I initially want to respond to it, and then the ability to choose another path can come in when you're responding, overreacting. Um, I think therapy is always a beneficial tool for people to develop their awareness. Again, um, it's having the space held for you to hear yourself more fully. Just because you're developing self-awareness doesn't mean you have to do it all yourself. Right? It comes back to that piece of other being involved to help you on the path. Definitely. I think that, that you've touched on so many important points. I love the idea of you know, reactivity versus responsiveness. And I think that we can see as our society in a whole, there's this like proclivity to react all the time. But if we could all just take a breath and be with some of our feelings sometimes instead of reacting to them, I think that might have a better outcome collectively and individually. Um, and then definitely resonating with like the root cause of something. So like the chocolate isn't what you're seeking, right? that's trying to be a solution for, you know, the, the deeper connection or the dopamine hit or whatever the case may be. So I think just really getting curious and thinking about that. And I do want to say a note about therapy that I think could be helpful for some of our listeners is to really look into if your school has um, like an employee assistance program. Recently in our school district in Charleston County School District, 
Um, well, we, we've had a variety of programs, but most recently we've adopted the employee assistance program where you're entitled to six uh, complimentary therapy sessions. And I know, especially with the current state of our world, there are more and more um, companies and organizations and definitely school districts that are doing that. So I definitely want to encourage our listeners to dig a little bit deeper, ask their human resources department or ask somebody at your school if that option is available to you, because that makes therapy a little bit more accessible for sure. Um, but I definitely agree just doing that work in the space of others, coaches, therapists, journaling. I mean, I'm a huge journaler. And even if it doesn't go anywhere, even if it's just morning pages, start your day and do a total brain dump just to kind of clarify what those thoughts are that can be really, really helpful. So thank you as always for bringing wisdom to our questions. Yes, those are all great. Um, I'm just thinking back to the reactivity and responsiveness. A lot of times when we get into the frame of mind where we're reacting, sometimes one of those reactions could be to shut down. That's a reaction as well. And, and people think, you know, I'm not doing anything, but you are because you're, you're shutting down and you're just like closing yourself off instead of, you know, responsing, res being responsive like what I need or what I don't need or what I don't want, but we often just like shut down and then that loop starts and then all of, you know, sort of reactions in our brains and the anxiety and we go on and on and we reach for the wine every night or whatever it is, you know, people do. But uh, those are all great tips that you gave us. And I just want to like go into this question now because we always ask our guests on Namas Teach what they're reading these days and what is bringing you joy these days. Um, we love books. We're teachers. We read a lot. We recommend books all the time, but Rose right now, what's the book that you're like reaching for? I love books too. <laughs> I have a pretty monogamous relationship with nonfiction books um, I'm usually reading something in the genre of human potential and human understanding, uh, energetics. I, I recently read a book called The Comfort Crisis, and I can't remember the author's name, <laughs> but it's The Comfort Crisis. And it was a deep dive look at how our convenience technology driven culture is really out of alignment with our biological needs and our evolutionary design. Um, that so such though that we have become too comfortable, too comfortable um, as a society, so that very small things be become intolerable. Um, become so uncomfortable, we develop those mechanisms where we avoid, where we numb, where we resist, right? Um, we don't even know really how to be bored anymore and see that the beauty of boredom and how so much creativity can come out of that. Like allowing yourself <laughs> to be fully bored has so many blessings. Um, and it talks a lot about it from a health perspective what a disservice it's done to our physiological needs and how many health conditions, which is always uh, top of my mind. So that's a really great book. Um, I will be exploring a lot of energetic books when I go into my postpartum period where I'm just resting a lot 
So that'll be up and coming. Joy. Oh, I was, I was just outside and I was finding great joy in the 65 degree day that we're having here in New Hampshire. I stood in the sun. I let it charge me up. I always find joy in nature, whether I'm in the middle of the woods or just standing in my driveway, being outside and breathing fresh air, being in natural light, being in contact with the earth and out of the synthetic um, is really important to my, my um, cultivation of joy. I am an artist. I've been making a lot of art lately. Something about these babies, they get inside me and they really light up my creative center, right? That sacral chakra gets all lit up and I just want to make things. So I've been doing that a lot lately. And then lastly, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, because as a requirement of living, I find a lot of joy in cooking. Turn on the music, listen to an enriching podcast, dance around my kitchen and make nourishing food. That's so awesome. I just love like the intentionality that you kind of speak of when you're talking about backwards design, but with cooking, for example, like we've had these conversations before, but I don't naturally derive joy from cooking. Um, But I think when you reframe it in the way of like, this is nourishing. And I definitely find joy from putting on a podcast or rocking out to music. And so I think it's just that reminder and invitation to reframe our thinking at all times, change our narrative as simple as it sounds with something like cooking, that's a basic need. Um, So I'm I'm grateful for Rose and her wisdom because I feel like you're always reminding me to do things like that. So thanks for the reminder. I'll cook something up later on this Sunday afternoon. And of course, nature and energy. And like we, I feel like early on, because we started Namaste Teach like February of 2020, and then it was March of 2020. So a lot of our conversations are around the pandemic, unbeknownst to us, that's when we were starting a podcast, but maybe beknownst to someone that was intentional or synchronistic or whatever we want to call it. Um, So early on, we had a lot of conversation about like Zoom fatigue and just like that synthetic, that being so absorbed with technology. And so I think it's important to have that reminder of nature is so healing all the time, but especially if you still find yourself in a lot of synthetic situations with all this computer time that we're having to have these days. So yeah, I love it. And comfort crisis. I look forward to reading that one. That sounded really good. And I just love what you said about the beauty of boredom. I think that's one of the greatest gifts we can give to our children, to our students, when they complain about being bored, reframing that for them, helping them, encouraging them to find, you know, their own system for that, because it's actually beautiful. And that's where some of the best ideas and the most creative moments come from from our boredom so thank you for your wisdom as always and so of course you have been a great influence to us and we want to know who have been some of your greatest influences your favorite teachers Um, I'm sure you have a a lengthy list but who comes to mind first and what about their life and work has resonated with you oh you just read my mind I was like it's so hard to pick (laughs) there are and there's so many I mean, we just live in such a cool time where we get to be connected to so many great thought leaders. That's one thing that I would say is cool about our technology driven and our connectivity through technology is our access to these great thought leaders. Um, 
So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Zach Bush. He's an MD. Uh, he was in uh, conventional medicine for a long time um, treating cancer. And he really is a pioneer in the space of the microbiome. Um, but from that, he's just evolved. He's, he's just, he cares so deeply about the survival of our species and our planet. Um, he's so authentic and he's so wise and he's really, um, he's really evolved, you know, beyond some of these old broken systems and paradigms and conventional wisdoms that we just keep banging our heads on that are not working. They're clearly have their shortcomings. If you look at the state of our health of health of this country, we cannot deny <laughs> that we need to do something new. Right. <laughs> so I first heard him talk on a documentary called interconnected um, and it was a real deep dive into the microbiome but since then he's evolved into very spiritually conscious work and and he's really tapped into even the beauty that comes with dying transitioning um, so I would highly recommend his work he has a beautiful website with tons of content. And one of the things that he's put out since 2020 is the Global Health Summit, um, free information. He's got a webinar coming up uh, this, this week. I don't know when this podcast will come out, but um, that's just taking a look at our need to shift our narrative overall. It was born out of everything that we've gone through in the pandemic and the path that he sees forward. So I really love him and Joe Dispenza is another one of my favorites um, in the space of energetics, neuroscience, quantum physics, um, just really, he, his work is so powerful for highlighting how powerful we are as energetic beings and, and what shifting our thoughts can do. You know, people go through miraculous healings uh, with his work. So he's someone I would always recommend checking it, checking out. Um, oh man, I could go on and on, but I'm going to go with those two guys for now. Okay. Those are, those are powerful and I'm not familiar with Zach Bush, but I will look him up and do know Joe Dispenza and his work, uh, found him on Gaia. And he does a lot of uh, work there and just the basics of, of human potential and what we have within us that we don't even realize. And he helps us to, to remember that and to, to how to use it for our own healing. He's amazing. Thank you for, for those two names. And um, this is our final question. I think we're almost, seems like, you know, we've just been flowing in the conversation. It's been so nice. This conversation, it feels like meditation to me. It, it really does just with all the things that we're talking about and just all of our energies connecting here together. It's, it's, it's pretty powerful to me. Okay. I like to talk. Yes. I like to talk now um, about one thing in your bio that stood out and I wanted to know more. 
talk a little bit about the In Shape program. And it's a program for um, wellness, cutting edge wellness program designed to improve physical and mental health for persons living with severe and persistent mental illness. Uh, Rose, I just want you to talk about with everything that we've have experienced with this pandemic and mental health is now being talked about in ways that we haven't in the past. How has your work with InShape informed your work today? And what would you like our listeners to know if they're experiencing mental health challenges or someone they love is dealing with mental illness? Oh, thank you so much for asking about the InShape program. It, it really was everything to me and, and shaped so much. Other than motherhood, I think it was the single, mo- single most influential um, experience on my path so far. And it, it showed me humans in their most frail state. You know, most of the people that I was working with were morbidly obese. They had multiple comorbid conditions um, and a mental health diagnosis on top of that. But it also showed me how resilient the resilient the human form is, resilient the human mind is through getting back back to basics and using lifestyle interventions. Um, I would exercise with people and help them change their eating habits. We did a lot with meditation and a big part of our program was centered around social inclusion, getting to that basic human need of belonging. Most people were living in isolation, they didn't have any support networks and we got them into the local YMCA, um, connecting with each other within the program and connecting with other members of the community, breaking down the stigma that exists in mental health. Um, It was an opportunity for me to start exploring parts of wellness that I didn't previously have any experience or understanding of. I came into it as a health and wellness professional. I had no psychology background, but I got this exposure to all these different modalities um, for human psychology. And I got to go into the gut brain connection, started exploring um, neuroscience in that. So it was just absolutely a pivotal experience. But ultimately, I got really burnt out. It was really hard work. Um, The system is so very broken and it's so very corrupted, unfortunately. It gave me an eyes wide, wide open look at um, pharmaceutical use and um, how our Medicaid, Medicare systems are broken and fractured. So I got burnt out and I had to, I had to leave for my own well-being. But I left with an understanding that I would never take, I would never take personal health responsibility for granted. 
And I would never lose my faith that we can change our own health destiny, um, that anything is possible when given the right uh, support and tools, because I saw amazing things happen with clients who were up against every challenge that you can imagine they were progressing. So if you ever get into a place where you feel like it's not possible and you're, you're never going to see the sun again or something, it's possible. Um, I think what we've experienced in this pandemic has been a level of burnout and fatigue and it's driven a lot of mental health um, issues. But this brings me to my biggest thing that it taught me. Mental health and physical health are not two separate things. We put them in these boxes. We talk about them like they're separates. They are one and the same. We have a body and a mind and, a, and this energetics of our emotions. I think emotions really are humans' truest language because of the way that we um, shape all of our behaviors and interactions on them. Our gut is always informing uh, chemicals within our brain. Our emotions release different chemicals. Um, so try not to see yourself as separates if you're struggling. There's an underlying cause to everything. Always going to try and look for the root a gut imbalance can lead to depression, right? Very, very, very often it does. One of the trainings that I went through during that time was exploring how nutritional deficiencies mimic um, mental health symptoms. And just by changing someone's vitamin D levels or, you know, there's some way more in-depth hormone components and different things that you alter, their whole mood changes, your cognitive function changes. So um, sometimes it's completely, it's circumstantial, but oftentimes it's not. Um, there's layers. Oh, I think I, um, I'm gonna stop there. If you have any questions on top of that. Yeah, I think you've definitely given us a lot to ponder and I'm, I'm still processing and I look forward to listening to the replay. Uh, but some of the biggest takeaways is like, they, we are, there's an interconnectedness to it all. Even, you know, going back to the documentary where you first met and introduced Zach Bush. Um, so that word interconnected stuck out when you're speaking about the InShape program. So as we're thinking about our wellness journeys, as humans, as mothers, as givers, as educators, where is the root causes of some of this? And just the importance of being aware and checking in and digging deeper if need be, because there it is interconnected. So um, that's something that I'm kind of sitting with and processing as you were talking. I love the idea of humans, you know, our emotions as humans being our truest language. So that's really resonating with me, just us letting us, and we encourage our students to do this. Like, I think something that's interesting and ironic as adults working with children, whether it's in the, the mothering capacity or parenting capacity or teaching capacity, we're constantly supporting social emotional learning and talking to our students about it, but needing to embody that for ourselves. 
And so we're encouraging them to, you know, vocalize and check in about their emotions and making sure that we're extending the same opportunity and grace for ourselves is really big. Um, I have a lot of other thoughts, but yeah, we could go on and on. This has been, I totally want to echo Tisha's thoughts of this has been meditative. This has been, you know, relaxing and enriching and really just a great way to spend an afternoon. And I'm so excited to share this episode with our listeners. Um, gosh, I don't even know where to go from here. Tisha, any closing thoughts? No, it's just uh, a beautiful how we can just share and connect. And Rose has so many gifts and so knowledgeable. I, I was writing notes as she was speaking about just that that eyes wide open look at the pharmaceuticals and how, you know, in schools we work with kids and a lot of times the students have to take medication or the parents don't know what to do. But part of that awareness is education as well. So I just thank her for her wisdom and sharing it with the Namaste Teach audience. We'll have Rose's information in the show notes, her Instagram, anything that she wants to share with you guys, we'll share it uh, with you and the books that she mentioned and all the people and everything. So Rose, um, if you have one last word or thought to leave with us today, if not, we can just close it out and uh, thank you for listening and sharing with us. I just want to say thank you for having me here. It's great to be with you both. Um, and I'll leave it at that. I, I think that I said, I said enough <laughs> for now. <laughs> yes. Enjoy the rest of your day. Jen, go ahead. I just said there will be future episodes. So more to come on this conversation. Yeah, we might do a, a part two or a little series with Rose, chats with Rose or whatever we want to call it on Namas Teach. All right. Thank you all. And uh, we'll see you guys next time for the Namas Teach podcast. I'm Tisha. This is Jen. And stay safe, everyone. Thank you.